Canine Detection Collaborative, a detection dog training trio with Stacy Barnett. Hi. Robin Grubel. Hey there. And Crystal Wing. What's up? With humor and a big dose of theory, our trio talks practical training advice and features interviews with top trainers and scientists. It's Canine Detection Collaborative! Hi everyone, this is Stacey Barnett from Canine Detection Collaborative, and I'm here with my two amazing co-hosts, uh, Robin Grubel. Hello. <laughs> Crystal Wing. For a second, I thought you forgot our names. <laughs> it was a momentary, uh. You know, the funny thing is, all of a sudden, you ever have your mind go completely blank? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but our uh-huh. yeah, well, well, it went blank easy. there, and, and you just kind of noticed. Um, if you look on the screen at Zoom, their names are right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's one of those things. No, no, no. You're, yeah, I know. We were just talking about squapping brains. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. My brain, I just like. Apparently, my brain just wasn't even on the on the call. I have it on um, Australian accent on my phone, and so it always says "groibel." And so on one of the episodes, I was like, and I'm here with Robin (laughs) Grubel. No, it's just, it's just so funny. It's just so funny. Um, But hi, everybody. We're really happy. So So, welcome to our world here. This is how we, you know. And it's a little off guard (laughs) because what happened is we just got done interviewing Tazzy Winkler. Yeah. Yeah, and for hooking that up, that was yeah, yeah, so she, great. She, she's taking over my intro. Do you see see how that? How I, did, I did. <laughs> Robin is taking over my because she's like Stacy's just co- you've completely messed that one up. No, now, this, so. it actually has more to do with the fact that <laughs> we were funny. having this discussion on what are we going to talk about, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm like riffing on something, and Crystal's like, press the record button. <laughs> press the record button. <laughs> like, so so we're still we in have, that moment. <laughs> yes, we are. And then so we had to stop and press the record yes. button so we could finish that whole particular train of thought. And apparently my brain hadn't reloaded yet. No, um, your brain hadn't reloaded. It hadn't That's reloaded okay. yet. Um, but uh, anyway, we're really happy to have you guys here <laughs> listening to us. But no, we we had a fantastic um, time. Just you know, I, I got to listen, and it was just amazing listening to Tazzy. And she is just such an engaging, incredible human. And I was just sitting here going, "Wow!" Like it, it was kind of like this whole like storytelling type of thing. And um, I I just got a sense from her that she is like the real deal when it comes to you know somebody who can really connect and um and really like understand and really train a dog like it was just so fascinating just listening um it it was amazing you know the things that she said it was just so and this is what we were kind of like talking about when crystal's like press the button press the button right we were talking about how it was the profound you know listen to the dog conversation and and we were talking about like yeah well you know that's what you that's definitely what you need to do but it's not always as common as we would like you know and and that's where we're like press the button and then I lost my brain so <laughs> and well and it was mm. one of the things that has you know I think about on a regular basis when she was talking about think about what the dog is seeing 
Mm-hmm. And you have to adjust from there. We have thumbs. We can't outsmart them. Right. Um, was I, I think about this a lot when I'm setting up really far distance directionals. Because, you know, there's, I'll set up my buckets and I'll whack back to what I think should be the start position. And I get down on my hands and knees to look and see, can my dog see where I'm going to send them? And sometimes the answer is no. Yeah. And I was like, we're not at that stage of training that yet that I can fade it that far. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so her whole idea of, you know, just really thinking about the fearful dogs that Mm -hmm. she's now working Mm -hmm. with. No, dogs aren't going to lie to you. No, no, they're not going to give you the no, finger. no, Mm-mm. right? Um, what is the motivation for what they're doing? And it's yeah. it's if you can figure that out, you can actually go back and adjust some of your training, so maybe that conflict no longer exists. Yeah, and actually, one of the the comments you just said about dogs don't lie to you, like that is, as soon as I heard that, that's like my. I hear that all the time in nose work. Oh, my dog lied. My dog lied. And for me, it's kind of like this like fingernail chalkboard. You know, I don't want to use the word pet peeve because I guess there was a whole conversation that Crystal was in. There's a personal peeve and a pet peeve. Oh, right. <laughs> but, I'm like, I'm a, you know, my, my dog's person peeve is that I can't read the mind, um, which is actually very true. Um, but, you know, that that's what it is. It's like when I hear someone say my dog lied and I'm like, no, your your dog did a behavior that you've reinforced. Yes. And yeah, you've, you've reinforced it. You've trained it. And just because it happened to happen in a location that um, didn't um, meet with your expectations may have meant that you did something to trigger that. But because you didn't read everything that the dog did right ahead of time, you don't know that the dog wasn't actually in odor. So, you know, it's one of those things where it's it's just for me, it's just kind of, that's a trigger. That is a personal trigger right well, there. Well, dogs do what gets them paid. Exactly. And exactly. they know their motivations. We don't. Mm-hmm. We can mm-hmm. guess. I loved the conversation that we had around recognizing the difference between hyperactivity and drive. Yep. Mm-hmm. I also see in the working dog world. Yeah, a lot of hyperactivity that gets mistaken for drive. Yeah, and give me a silent, motivated dog all day long. <laughs> <laughs> I just want a silent one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Brav, you didn't hear that. Uh, um, yes, I, I want yeah. silent, silent, motivated dog all day <laughs> motivated. long. That and because and I talk a lot about that I want a dog that is incredibly calm and when I release the explosion the explosion goes in the direction that it has been pointed mm-hmm. and I can't do that with the dog that has you know is is basically oozing all over the place in the sport world it feels like uh, and we had a nice talk with Jens about this it seems that a lot of uh, especially here in the States, a lot of trainers seem to want the very highly aroused dog that is really flashy and really driven because they can get the behaviors in a really flashy way. So that really high prance, the really fast finish. And I think you have to really know what you're looking for and also different ways of training, different behaviors 
I don't know. I mean, I know for myself, for sure, I don't want a high arousal dog. It's just, I don't want that kind of French twitch, crazy mouth. <laughs> that's, that's just not what I'm looking for. I want a little bit lower arousal so that they can think and they don't have to react so fast. And I think that they can still look as powerful um, and they look powerful in a different way, in my opinion. Yes. Very humble opinion. That, that's actually the challenge I have with powder because she's she's got the drive, but she's also extremely high arousal. And that's actually what makes her really challenging in a lot of ways. Um, but I look at Prize, who has a slightly lower arousal, but just as much drive. And it's, it is definitely easier to channel, that's for sure. Yeah, that was that was super interesting to, to listen to. And just, and it was just great conversation. Yeah, I appreciate her sharing about her first dog. Yeah. Because the opportunity for a dog to teach you that much and be open and, and, you know, kudos for her too, for recognizing that unfortunately she trained some, a lot of things in a dog that she's now not going to get out of the dog to get the dog to do the thing that she wanted the dog to do, but it doesn't mean that it's any less of a good dog. Yeah. If you followed that whole train of thought, (laughs) (laughs) I see this in a lot of search and rescue people, you know, they find search and rescue after they've had a dog for two or three years. And they're now asking this dog that they've never tried to put guardrails on to now you have to have guardrails. Yeah. It's absolutely true that the hard dogs teach you the most. Yeah. So we know my story. I mean, I could talk about Yukon all day long. But here was a big thing that has hit me recently. I have my memories that pop up on Facebook and I love making content for my page, uh, my CBK9. And it only lets you go out a couple months at a time. (laughs) Which is really annoying, by the way, for anybody in meta who's paying attention to our little tiny podcast. I'd really like (laughs) to schedule out the whole year. Thank you. <laughs> I, have a, I have a great post for June 21st. Come on, let me go a little further. <laughs> but it's only going to right now. No, I haven't posted in like a week or two weeks. <laughs> you guys. I just love making things and sharing things. And you guys are it's, amazing. It's just like a little like a little carrot for myself when I do something like, yeah, hey, I'm going to look at my memories. But anyway. And you're so good at it. I'm looking at all these posts and I realized, I think almost like nine posts in a row were all about UConn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because he's taught me so much. It was, oh, look at this funny one. A treat landed on his head and he's standing there like, I don't know where it is, you know? <laughs> and then the next one that I'm posting is, I wrote this real long thing about, I didn't know it at the time, but I've learned it now. I knew that it was a problem, but I kind of laughed it off at the moment and he had his nose stuck to the odor at Purina. We're in a dog play yard. Like it's a pee yard, a potty yard. And he goes in there and he's like, oh, potty yard. And I hang the odor on the fence and he got a whiff and he was like, oh, and went over and he would not leave the odor. Like his nose was glued to the thing. And so I, I'm like, Mark, which means come bite the toy. And he's like, I'm not doing that. So I'm like, eat, which means come eat your favorite food, which I thought I had his favorite food. And he's like, can't do that. I had to go over and stick it in between his nose and the little thing to get him to even eat it. And then I could break him away to, to treat toss. And on oh. his way back, he went right back to the odor. So you would think, what's the problem with that? Do you know what it is? How can you get him to do anything else? Yeah. (laughs) Right. And so then if it's an odor, that's not the one that I want to train him on that he becomes fixated on. 
there's nothing else higher the in the world. Issue. Yeah. And so I would have trainers mm-hmm. all the time. They're like, you just have to be exciting or more fun than dirt. And I'm like, dude, you don't understand. Oh. That is his favorite thing in the whole world is to sniff yeah. dirt and anything that was in that dirt and all the pee mail that was left behind. Mm. There's no way anything else could be higher. I mean, <laughs> and so I'm really proud of myself. I, I think that's okay to say uh, that I really have created reinforcements with him through this empathy of recognizing he's maybe not the normal dog that I had hoped for and that he has to be treated way special. And I think that connection that she talked about, he has taught me so much and I'm so thankful for that. And yeah, I just, it really hit me when we were talking to her. I was like, oh my gosh, Yukon and all my are about mm-hmm. Yukon and I'm all, oh, I'm so thankful. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, every one of our dogs, I was just thinking about this the other day where I looked down at Powder and she, she really is a tough dog in a lot of ways. And she's really pushed me in, um, in ways that, you know, I hadn't really expected and I hadn't really, um, anticipated, uh, with my other dogs. And I just was thinking about how every one of our dogs just gives us that, like that gift. And sometimes that gift is kind of unexpected and something that we, we didn't quite, you know, anticipate and, you know, and sometimes the, the tough ones, it, it's what they give you is a gift. And uh, I, I love it. And it's after having, you know, going through so many dogs. And I know people might kind of laugh at me because each one of my dogs in my head has a color associated with it. And yes, they have colors that are those colors. I know Stacy can appropriately. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. so like even flashes. I'm an art teacher. Come on. I know. I know. <laughs> so, I'm with you. <laughs> so like Flash's color is pink. I don't have a pink dog. Watch what you wish for. Because I've got this hot pink over there. Let me tell you that whole pink red thing. Oh, <laughs> it's yeah. her thing. All day. And so <laughs> I'm. Well, she's got a ladybug collar on right now that's pink and red, right? So I figure I'm going to try and go with that whole thing. And I am at the point where I have to do some of that collar thing because it reminds me which dog I'm dealing with. And what's really funny is sometimes I I pulled out a toy the other day. And I've got Miss Ember who's like, no, I want to retrieve everything. I'm just going to bring it back and throw it at you. And I pull out the fuzzy ball, the fuzzy tug with the ball on the end that gives me bruises on my shins. (laughs) She wouldn't let go. (laughs) And I am like, what demon possessed your body? But rock on, this is fun. (laughs) and flash also loves that toy and actually i think every puppy on the planet loves that toy so we'll (laughs) include that in the show notes um but i i was watching this and i'm like where did this dog come from this is not the dog that um i thought i had and so going back and really thinking about you know i have her reward toy It's a ball on a string, but seeing her come out like jaws for a fuzzy ball on a string, I was like, okay, game on. 
-hmm. So I think it's really important to listen to that. Okay. Your dog might be telling you all sorts of different things. So yeah. Yeah. So I want to talk about her name of her uh, dog training. Uh, Do you remember exactly what it was? Was it empathic dog? I think empathic dog training Academy. I wrote it down. So she talked a lot about empathy. And when she said that empathy was her number one thing that she felt made a good handler or trainer that came into the program. It's something that we work hard on in the art class uh, as one of our kind of character traits. And we, we even use it as one of our art skills. And so that's one of the beauty things that I get to do as an art teacher is that we can have different themes. And so empathy, identity, gratitude, those are all ones that I find really important. And when I teach about empathy, um, I use the the way of mnemonic of taffy because <laughs> I like taffy. It's sweet. <laughs> and when you have empathy, you know, it's, it's sticky, sweet, like taffy. But anyway, um, so taffy <laughs> is uh, T-A-F-E. And so it's about thoughts and then actions and then feelings. And that's what creates empathy. And you can't have just one of them to have the full aspect of empathy, but all three. And when you ask high school kids what empathy is, I think they confuse it with sympathy a lot of times. And it's fascinating to watch how they learn and they grow. And it's about understanding others. It's really what comes down to the heart of it. And I love how she said about it's the best way to make connections. So when you take these ideas of your thoughts, your actions, your feelings, you combine them together. That's the way to create relationships. And in humans, they say that relationships are the top predictors of professional success, personal success, and longevity. If that transfers to dogs, which I kind of think it would, I mean, I don't know science behind it, but wouldn't that be cool if we're saying that being empathic with our dog builds the relationship and relationships are the top predictors of success and longevity? Hmm. That's kind of a cool little, maybe it's a reach, but it's, it's kind of a cool thing to think about. And there's typically three kinds of empathy that we we talk about. There's the cognitive, the emotive, and the empathic action. And so the cognitive, that's like, uh, can you walk in somebody else's shoes? You know, that just, and that's the first kind. And that's typically where people stop. It's really when you start to add all three together. So the emotive, that's the, you know, your pain in my heart kind of thing. It's the the feeling. It's It's not separate from, but it's part of the cognitive side of it. So can you walk in my shoes? Can you feel similarly to how I do, but without taking on too much, you know how that goes. And then the empathic action. And that's where I love that she called it, it was empathic dog, right? Mm-hmm. Empathic dog training Academy. Yes. So empathic action, that's doing part of the empathy. That's going beyond just understanding others and sharing their feelings. It's actually moving you to take action to help however you can. And Stacy, that goes back to what you said about her, that that's what you felt from her. So what a beautiful name when she said she couldn't really figure out what she wanted to do. Oh, it's perfection because that's exactly what it is. And when you're trying to build empathy, and I I try to build that with my kids, there's there's basically three things um, that you, you start to kind of ask a person or you start to ask them to kind of to practice this empathy. And one of them, and I, I wonder if this can work with dogs. And I, I don't, I don't know. I just, I'm just now riffing because that's what we do. I love um, it. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> go for it. Go for it. I love your brain. Just yes. Go. I'm just taking the stuff we do at school and kind of. That's like amazing. That's now. amazing. Keep going. Keep going. So the there's three parts. Whenever I'm trying to help kids kind of practice um, 
emotional intelligence and and kind of not not succumbing to some of the pitfalls of empathy where you take on too much or it becomes sympathy. But the first step is you always focus on the how and why. So you're thinking about how the other, say, being feels and why they're feeling that way. And I think with dogs, we can say even how are they behaving and why are they behaving that way? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The second thing is that you always advise them to ask, uh, do you want help? So before you just offer the help, sometimes Mm -hmm. the other being doesn't want help. I don't know if that transfers as well to the dogs, but I think the third one really does. And it's to offer suggestions and not answers. Yeah. And that's what I think makes really good dog trainers are the ones that understand how to offer suggestions and not just provide all the answers for their dog. Don't show them where the odor is but set up the environment in a way that they can get the behavior or set up the environment that they can discover the odor. And I love how you guys talked about, uh, it was like a guitar, I think, or a piano, or what was the music one you said, Stacy? Mm. It was so beautiful. And I'm like, oh, I'll never forget that. And then I forgot it. But I remember the gist of it. Uh, I don't even know. What? <laughs> uh, it was one of the episodes and, and you guys had talked about, it was like, ah, oh, it was so beautiful. I have to find it again. But it was like playing the guitar or playing the piano or music, or it was something related to that, but it was about letting odor be um, the thing that guides them, the thing that teaches them. But it was a great analogy you made. I'll have to go back and find it. Oh, I don't know about the music, but I think we were more talking about like painting more. It was more like was it art painting? Of it, right? It was painting the art. picture. Yeah. The art, the, the, art. Their, their oh, nose, that's right. That's their right. nose that's right. is painting. That's what it was. That's movement. right. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes I get a feeling of something and I don't can't quite no, remember no, what it no. was. No, no, no. It's a cool idea, though. It's a really it is, cool idea. Yes. I'm like, sitting there like can, can we like, you know, expand on that? Because that's just kind of kind of a neat idea. So that's my little riff. Uh, I'll let y'all. Kind I'm of, no, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, for a while. But it's just, I'm I just bringing it. in all those empathy thoughts. And that's, wow. Yeah. I love this empathic. What a great name. Uh, yeah. So I know we're going to talk about a topic called resilience later. But that actually, all of what you just said, just kind of triggered for me is when we're kind of building that is maybe something we want to talk about in a later episode, but how, when we start to really kind of understand how the dog is feeling and when you start figuring out like what energizes, what gets that dog really excited about searching and you can set your hides in a way that they can kind of you know, they they can kind of dig deep in that and oh now I'm losing it. Dang. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So so the the last part of it, the, the empathic. Okay, you had that those two pieces. What were those again? Yeah, mm. the cognitive, the emotive, and the empathic action. Yeah. So the cognitive, you could be in someone else's shoes. It's like, you know, go mm-hmm. walk in my shoes. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Cause because you don't want to show the dog. You want the dog. Oh, yeah, to- yeah. So the yeah, three yeah, questions yeah. was focus yeah. on the how and why. So how they feel and why they feel. Mm-hmm. And then do you yep. want help? And then offer suggestions. And that's how yeah. you become more empathic. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's just in and like, yeah, I know, and this is like it's three steps removed at this point. But um, but yeah, it's that the whole, you know, I always think like building resilience is also helping the dog to kind of learn to work it out themselves rather than than showing them. And don't leave them hanging. Yes. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly, because then they lose their confidence. And I think that's the second part yeah. of the want help that I couldn't really see if it fit dogs, but I think it yeah, does because it does. Well, it totally it's does. I was I was just talking with a client today and she made the comment about the fact that her dog doesn't like to be wrong. 
and or if she has to even provide too many mm-hmm. corrections. And and when I'm talking corrections, I'm talking like no reward marker corrections. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. The dog's like, I'm out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I understand that because when you mm-hmm. train with a border collie, <laughs> you you learn that and then you train with um, mm-hmm. British labs and you learn it again. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to um, Tazzy's comment of, we have thumbs. Yeah. Um, so how about we think about our training a little bit more and we manipulate the environment to make yeah. sure that our progression plan is clear mm-hmm. for the dog. So then the dogs don't get the chance to make incorrect decisions like she was talking about. They don't ever learn how to do some of the incorrect stuff that we then have to try and go back and fix. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and I think that that is something that I am still always reminded as a trainer when I go out and do something about how we don't really take into consideration manipulating our environment as much mm-hmm. as we really, really should, especially mm-hmm. when we're trying to help dogs generalize a behavior. Yeah. Some of these conversations, it's like, oh, maybe you need to think about that one a little bit more. Well, even when you said that your client, uh, what was it? They, the dog doesn't like to be wrong. Yes. Or, I mean, can we say that for basically every organism? Pretty much. We like to be yeah. right. We, yes. we like to have success. I mean, I don't know many people or things that are like, yeah, I messed that one up. Wrong <laughs> <laughs> again. All right. <laughs> I mean, I, I sometimes yeah. I wonder, you know, <laughs> but I mean, and usually yeah. if it's, it's that kind of acting out, it's, it's a longer, bigger problem. <laughs> and I'm thinking more about humans than dogs, but yeah. um, I just think it's, if we can be consistent, like she talked about, I, I love how she said it's very simple. And I, mm-hmm. I, I love when Yen said something about at the SWDI seminar that you can either have pre-Mac, uh, you know, pre-Mac will help you mm-hmm. or it can own you basically. Yes. And she gave the example and I know he said it way better, but uh, she gave the example of they're pulling to get into bite work. Right. And all you have to do is pre-Mac that and say, guess what? You have to walk nicely on a leash like a civil dog gonna be consistent about this if you want to do that thing Mm -hmm. and it that's just consistency and i was just chatting with a friend too and she was frustrated because of a webinar that she had bought and she's like oh my gosh the the advice was just not there for me you know it's just well if you have a good relationship none of that will happen she's like well i have it and are Um, you telling me now that i don't have a good relationship and so that's that's a tough thing to say Mm-hmm. And I reminded her of the consistency because um, the dog's barking a lot and it's annoying. And so I, I remind her, I'm like, well, you know, I have um, a thing of cookies on my front door, like next to it on my front door and my back door. And if anything, it's a reminder visually for me that I have to be consistent. Then when we walk in and out of this door, this is a consistent thing. If I don't have cookies in my pocket already, I'm going to grab a couple. They're right there. It's convenient. And I'm going to make sure that we rehearse going in and out of thresholds like civil beings. <laughs> <laughs> like sophisticated dogs. Yeah. Yes. So sometimes I have to set up my environment for myself yeah. to remind me to be kind and consistent to my dog. And yeah. so if I have to put a visual thing like a little jar of cookies hanging on the wall, 
Yeah. Well, that's and, what's going to happen. And you know, I so felt her comment today about the dogs wanting to go into the building to the point where it's like pulling you over. Cause Nico just after this episode oh, later, yeah, that's right. he How's came he off doing? of three weeks of crate rest. Oh, gosh. His you could see his skin at training on Saturday and it was like electric things running <laughs> up and down his spine. Cause he's like, Oh my gosh, I get to do things. Mm-hmm. He was so wound that the whole concept of him walking like a civilized dog into a building to go do anything. He could barely compute. Yeah. I and so I, came off of that training saying, okay, I have a really nice heel in my basement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's about the only place I have one at the moment. And I am going to have to work really hard with him because he's now five. Yeah. Um, you know what though? He's so smart and that's oh, what you have going for you. And he's going to pick up so fast because he knows I want what I want. And the only way I can get it is when I do this thing done. He's smart and he's driven. And when you put those two things together, if you put the right circumstances and consistency together, it it will be lovely. Yeah. Yes. And it requires patience on my part. Yes. Yes. It's consistency and patience on your part. And he's beautiful too, because he doesn't have that crazy high arousal. Yeah. He's that he's, he's high, but he's not. Like, I can't think I have to move every second. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so, but it, but the, it's always really humbling when you come back to the lack of my dog's behavior is because I haven't trained it. Yeah. I'm feeling kind of attacked on that one. <laughs> 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 I'm hearing you guys talk about like dogs walking nests in the buildings. I'm like, mm. But it it depends Um, on what energy you have and what is important to you. And that's where, you know, I, I'll admit straight away, the only dog that has any sort of leash manners is kind of radish because Mm -hmm. I'm only kind of consistent. Yeah. And she also is one that she doesn't enjoy pulling as much Mm -hmm. unless it's like when we very first get out of the van and she's got to go to the bathroom. And so then it's like, no, you have to, you have to walk for a second decent. And then I'm like, okay, we run together to go to the bathroom, you know? Yeah. So that consistency piece is very important. And when you start off with a stronger foundation, like she said, and don't let them rehearse behaviors you don't want, right. it's not going to be as hard. And I think that's why we get so overwhelmed with puppies yeah. yes. because we don't want all of the things and they're learning how to dog in our world. Mm-hmm. And we're like, okay, here's how you dog in my world. And if you can set it up so smooth in the beginning, yeah. oh, it's such a beautiful thing. My- my mind actually goes to something that, because right right now I'm just getting done teaching uh, my 101 class, right? And at the end of, so I always start the dogs searching first, and then then they, then we do containers later because I want the dogs really understanding odor before they have to actually select, right? Because I find that that's a little bit more stressful on dogs. And uh, we've had conversations. There's a couple dogs that are a little bit higher drive, and I could see that if we don't have really good behaviors at the containers now that it could snowball into something that you're going to have to spend a lot of time to fix. Mm-hmm. So is the whole idea of let's look at consistent um, alert behaviors now and not have to fix something later. Having had to train a, a do a train final response with powder after the fact, 
uh, knowing how long it took me. Um, it looks really good now. It w- works great, but you know, I know it was a lot of work. So it's a whole idea of consistency early on so that you don't have to have a lot to do later kind of deal. I think too, adding in new behaviors doesn't have to be as hard as sometimes I know that I try to make it. I I try to put this time aside and I try to think about what I want to train. And it's just about getting a couple reps here and there. Yeah. And that's, that's really all it takes. And it's cool to see that cumulative effect. I was having a nice conversation with Nancy today. Uh, It was actually about you, Stacey. Um, <laughs> Uh-oh. Just so you know, in case your ears were burning. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I'm worried. And, no, no, don't oh, worry. Uh, oh, and we man. were talking about some of the canine conditioning and about mm-hmm. the offered pause. And, you know, and, and I like how she said that, um, you know, when our dogs are working, they're like, don't touch me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah. oh my gosh, her German Shepherd is a don't touch me. I'm working. And already he's a don't touch me dog, you know, and he's not like, don't cuddle me. I'm not a cuddling dog. And so he's been very, yeah. Yeah. And he's been very serious his whole life. Yeah. And she's turned him into a little bit of a mush in some ways. And it's hilarious, (laughs) (laughs) but she's done it by pre-macking going outside. And so when they go to the back door, you know, or the sliding door, wherever she is, um, the, the only way to get to go out is let me squish your butt. And he's like, oh my gosh, scratch my butt. Okay, fine. Let me go. Oh and my then gosh, that's funny. Oh my God. It's so great. And then it's, let me kiss your forehead. And then he gets to go out. And then it's, uh, let me scratch your knee. And then let let me touch your toes. And let me move your tail. Like all this silly stuff to where not just in a short amount of time, he goes to the door and he has a little tail wag. Like, what are you going to do this time? What are you going to do this time? You know? And so he's like, pick your foot up. And, you know, yeah. and he's, he's driven to go, he wants to go outside, yeah. but yeah. that's how she started. A lot of her canine conditioning gotcha. was just using that silly little game. And it only took, you know, a, a few days really, cause there's a, a few reps each time of going outside. Yeah. And I love those small, it seems like insignificant, easy reps yeah. that we can get in. And mm-hmm. it's just a matter of knowing what we want and how we can kind of build it in. It's the insert instead of, uh, what, what was that last time we, there was the, Someone said that it was better. I think it was Liz that said that she likes to insert instead of uh, invade. And I love that. And that was kind of how she talked about yeah. the workouts. It just You just yeah. insert it into things instead yeah. of making yeah, yeah, it this yeah. invasive thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, um, I actually noticed something earlier today that I was really appreciative that I had taught the dogs. And, and um, I, I'm renting this house with my, my friend Elizabeth down here in Florida for the month, right? And we have a couple of baby gates and we have to be able to kind of move between. And I taught the dogs uh, just and then their name and they know to take turns. And it was one of the, it's one of those little simple behaviors that I'm like just powder or just Brava or whatever that they know and they all wait. And then I can do based off their name, only that dog comes through the baby gate. And it just makes life like easy. And it's something yeah. that I've always been very consistent about. Because even when I take them outside, if I take them out one at a time, I'm always using the same words and they understand it's just one dog. And it's helped me just even um, getting in and out of um, the camper. Like, you know, when I park my little red trailer at Robbins, right? And trying to get, um, you know, get the dogs out and everything. And just having something like that is just that consistency. And I found that it's generalized in like crazy ways. And it's just like they understand the waiting and it's just so simple and little, but it's just kind of made my life a lot easier. 
you know. Well, and I think we underestimate the value of training some of those husbandry behaviors. Yeah. And sometimes, and and I'll be honest, you know, when I had one dog, mm-hmm. it was one well, you dog. You do a lot of training with one dog. I'm sitting <laughs> yeah. there going, I'm looking at people with one dog. I'm like, wow, that dog's really well trained. I'm like, oh, you have one. <laughs> Correct. I might have one third of that training or one fourth of that. Oh, sorry, why? Uh, one, one third and a half. <laughs> I don't know. He's like, got like three and a half dogs here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. And I'm also amazed sometimes as how much my dogs are picking up. What yeah. I want to look at them and go, oh my gosh, good on you for figuring that out because I so didn't train that. <laughs> right. Right. Um, you're brilliant. I am routinely amazed at how brilliant my dogs are because Mm -hmm. they're doing stuff I didn't specifically train them to do, but they're like, oh, yeah, well, this gets me paid. Or or they (laughs) they train each other to do the things you don't want them to do. Yes, that too. Oh, I'm learning smiling. I have got to stop smiling or laughing when they do things I don't like. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. It is so reinforcing to Uh them. I I think that's more reinforcing to them than even tugging and food. I really do. I think there's a study out there somewhere. I need to find that again. But it was something about uh, (laughs) the handler would like, um, or the owner would like pop out. They would see their face. They were measuring their brain and and they were taking pictures or something. I need to find that study. Do you remember that? Or am I making Uh, stuff up? No, you're not making it up. I just, I I don't know. Maybe a listener can tag you in it. And yeah, because yeah. something yeah. about they would give the dog a treat and they would measure what was happening in their brain. And then when they would see the owner's face, then the brain would like super light up. Yeah, they did something like with an MRI, like they yeah. got yes. dog to like, like right. stay still. And I think it was like they the smell of their owner versus somebody else. And they just measured like brain waves. Yeah, but it, like, it just oh, makes me go. I really think me laughing oh, and yeah. just... Uh, that lights them up. And yes. of course I laugh when they no. do the stupidest things that I don't want them to repeat. Oh, so then you, seem, yeah. oh. you kind of did that on this last hike. Mm-hmm. I was hiking with my vet and I love Krista. She's amazing. And <laughs> he jumps and he misses the log. He, he was trying to, and his logs like six <laughs> foot up in the air and there's oh, a log no. on the ground and they're both parallel to the ground. Uh-huh. And it's a tree that's fallen and he's trying to launch off of the log on the ground and use that as a launch pad to get up onto the, tr- the tree that's fallen. Mm-hmm. And he did it and he kind of slipped and he crashed hard. Oh. And I'm like, this is why <laughs> I have an amazing vet. You know, we're kind of laughing. And so what does he do? Because we're laughing. He does a fast zoomy lap around and repeats it and then looks at me like oh, that was no. awesome, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm like, no, oh. no, 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 that oh, wasn't no. awesome. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what, did, did you see the Facebook post I had of, of prize bouncing? No, I didn't. No. Oh my gosh. Of course I was laughing. Right. And, and oh, oh I did. I did. I did. Yes. Yeah. And, and I was thinking, put that on cue. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, you know, actually I found the song to go directly with it, but I think there's, and I want to add it, but I think there might be some um, copyright, uh, copyright things uh, with that. Cause you know, the song like jump around, you know, like that. Oh yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, so perfect for that. But so, um, she and I were were eating pizza on because it's like this open concept kitchen. It's got like kind of this like bar area. We were sitting there on like bar stools, right? And we're eating pizza. And Prize is on the other side and she's barking, but I'm talking to her, of course, because I think it's hilarious. And she springs like all four feet in the air, like five feet in the air. I don't maybe not that high, maybe four feet, <laughs> but like bouncing like like a basketball. 
And it's the funniest thing. She just, and she does it all the time. She just springs straight up in the air. Um, although I do think it's genetic because uh, Diana's dog, Phoenix. Uh, yes. Does so it. I think it's genetic. And they do. They talk about, I think it was Joe Rosie was talking about it yeah. in one of the webinars recently about yeah. when you um, come in and you open the door, look uh-huh. to see what each of your dogs genetically or what, what they enjoy doing. Yeah. And then think about how you can use that, you know, to, to understand them better and then to use that as reinforcement as well. Yeah. You know, so she's like, you'll have a jumper, you'll have a spinner, you'll have a, <laughs> yeah. go get the thing and bring it to you. You know, like mm-hmm. all the dogs all have the their things. different things. Yeah. yeah. Actually, I do have it on cue with, with why, because, you know, being a, a mini Aussie, right? Aussies bounce. I mean, they just do. So I actually have a hand cue that like, it's like a dribble cue, like an up down <laughs> dribble. And, um, and if I'm excited and as part of his reinforcement, actually, when he's all excited, I do like the up down dribble and he bounces. Nice. And the bouncing is actually part of his reinforcement. I just hope that he can physically keep doing that because he's, he's almost 12 now, but, um, what a great reinforcement after a search. (laughs) He does. He's like, you know, like a bounce. And and talking about motors, motivation and reinforcement, it was really interesting to have her share the story of putting her dogs on the wobbly table. Yeah. You know, she's having that where I'm listening mm-hmm. to her and I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. you know, this is one of the reasons why in some selection testing, that's mm-hmm. what you actually ask the dog to do. And can you train a dog to go through that? Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. but. And that training is part of the confidence building of telling, no, you know what? Your motivator's still there. Go, you know, try and get yeah. the Kong. Yeah. That's why for Bitey Sports, you'll see the whole metal pipe, you know, where the the dog has to want to get the metal pipe because that's like the ultimate. And then they uh, will throw it in like weird places. Dog has to like climb and go through all the mm-hmm. stuff to get it. And then they put them in the kind of shaky tables and then they get them on bite sleeves and, you know, and then can, it's, it's all the same testing and it's, it's all coming from Holland and kind of KNPV kind yeah. of testing things. Yeah. So, and for me that became, cause you know, with a puppy, now I'm doing all of this weird mm-hmm. stuff with flash and I'm thinking about the fact that, you know, I'm already at eight weeks, 10 weeks, 11 weeks old taking her everywhere I can. And I'm like, guess what? We're playing tug with this here mm-hmm. and we're playing tug with this here. Mm-hmm. And you're running over the tops of bags of feed and all sorts of things. And um, it's fantastic fun, but that's all confidence building. Yeah, it sure is. Yeah. Yeah, it so, really is. Hmm. And it's amazing. Even when you have like a dog, like um, surprise is actually very pressure sensitive, but if there's odor, she's, diving in under around whatever you know um i've seen her you know just dive into just crazy places that i just wouldn't have anticipated that she would go but there's odor you know and it's just it is interesting it's really interesting Hmm. can i change topics a little is that okay absolutely something else she said that really hit home uh, I always feel like everything is too people-y. <laughs> like I'm such an <laughs> introvert. <laughs> I just sent a thing out to a couple of friends. It's like a peanuts there. It's like Snoopy, you know, and it's like, I'm going to stay in bed today. It's too people-y out there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes, it is. And when she said that she 
uh, doesn't, I, it's not that she said she didn't care for people, but that she likes dogs way better than people. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm-hmm, yes, thank you. <laughs> but it, it made me go back to kind of going back to her, the empathic action, because that's how we should be treating our people too. Because yes. when we meet clients and we meet students, yes. it's that first question of the how and the why. So how are you feeling and why are you feeling that way? And then figuring out what they actually want help for. I think sometimes it takes a little bit of digging. They think they want help for ABC, but Mm -hmm. because we've listened to their how and their why, we actually recognize that it's something different a lot of times that they need Mm -hmm. help with. Yeah. And then we have to be so clever in how we offer suggestions Yes, because they want help. But they also need to know that they're not a total screw up because they aren't. Yeah. And it's that I love that dance of being able to communicate with people. And it goes back to when she said, and this is where I'm like trying to tie this together in my brain. And I think it's almost there. But she said, I want the least amount of manipulation for me to get what I want behavior wise from my dog. And I think the same thing about when I interact with my students, you know, at school or people that I'm working with. Mm-hmm. I and manipulation, I think, is actually a good word because it's not just it, it's about environment, it's about um, mm-hmm. thoughts, it's about feelings. Like I don't want to uh, change anything per se. I, I just want to figure out how I can insert myself mm-hmm. and not invade and try to make your life better. And in making your life better, it's going to make your dog's life better. And if I can make your dog's life better, it's going to make your life better. Mm-hmm. It's such a, a beautiful little, oh, it's, I just love it. Well, and you you were going through that whole entire thing and the entire purpose of the a coaching education, like becoming a certified coach, it was really interesting because that was that entire education was on how to listen, how to ask the right questions. And even how to ask questions and how to provide suggestions. And actually, those suggestions often would turn into an additional question. And being careful on what verbs you used when you ask the question so that you're not accusing somebody of something, right? And it sounds I know people are like, oh my gosh, what do you mean? You have to be careful on what you say. The answer is you do. You do. Because you do. At, at some point, and and you know, I'm I've had to learn through, and corporate America is a really, really good place that you have to learn. Um, concentrate on what they're trying to say, not how they're trying to say it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I don't want to have to be the person that somebody has to think about that when I'm communicating with them. I wish I knew which podcast it was. I think it was Danny Miranda. And he talked about, ah, I don't know. I might be wrong on that. I don't know. I'll find out. But he said something about when he was interviewing someone, he said that people ask questions and not always for the answer, but for the vibe. Yes. And I love thinking about that in relation to our dogs, Mm -hmm. because when I, say sit to my dog, I'm actually asking my dog, can you sit right now in this environment, in this situation, you know, with with everything we've done and everything we've trained. Mm -hmm. 
and I'm giving you the green light to get to do this thing. When I'm asking that question, I'm also checking a vibe. How yes. fast are you doing it? Mm-hmm. With what enthusiasm are you doing it? And I, I loved that thought about questions are vibe checks. Oh, I love that. And that's where more awesome. of that empathy piece comes in yeah. because the more that you can tie in or tap into those, you yeah. build that relationship and you build that connection. And that's where empathy really comes in. And that's like you said, you know, I really, I think there's something about that, that with humans, we know that the relationships is what brings more success and longevity. And I, I wonder that about our dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Obviously, Tazzy mm. gave us a ton to think about, which is fantastic. <laughs> yes, she did. And I mean, the, we have a hard time talking to each other too. I know. So there's that. Well, so, and I'm just excited she agreed to come back. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm excited that she invited me to go out and train with her. I'm just going to say that. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I'm just kind of jealous about that. So well, you're the closest. She invited you like, too. Yeah, you're the closest. <laughs> I know, but but she invited Crystal. <laughs> I think because I was a little more forward. I was the one that's yeah. like, we have to train. Oh, we must train. I, and she's like, come out. I'm like, yes. Yeah, I should have just said, hey, I pass through Virginia all the time. You, you know what? You now know how to find her. And if no, anybody wants to find her, in the show notes are links to the website. So you can find her and her new business, which hopefully by the time that we get this uploaded, her new website will be live and you can find her there. So thanks everybody for listening and go train. Canine Detection Collaborative. We appreciate the time you spend with us. If you liked this episode, not only should you follow us so you don't miss the next one, but please also rate and review us in your favorite podcast app. For info on collaborating with us, go to K9DetectionCollaborative.com. That's K number nine, DetectionCollaborative.com, where you can find our socials and pick up our latest monthly freebie. Join us again to talk training in the next episode.